The American Dipper, or water ouzel, is a grayish bird common along our rocky streams across northwest Montana. With the amount of time they spend underwater, they might be the toughest bird of all. Come along on today's podcast as we learn all about this bobbing and dipping little bird. Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College. At the foot of the Swan Mountain Range in northwest Montana, I'm John Fraley, instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served decades with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, the American Dipper... Cinclus mexicanus, also known as the water ouzel, is a stocky gray little bird with a head sometimes tinged with brown and white feathers on the eyelids that cause the eyes to flash white as the bird blinks. Colin, can you think of any reason that would be an advantage? Oh, I don't know. Are they signaling their uh, fellow birds, maybe? That's exactly right. It's a communication thing they do when they, they have that those little white feathers. They can move them around and make different signals with them. Hmm. And uh, very interesting... So it's a really small bird. It's only six and a half inches long, and it has a wingspan of about nine inches, which is pretty tiny. It weighs on average 1.6 ounces. Oh, wow. So it's bigger than a, than a chickadee. Oh, right, know. yeah. But it's probably a little bit smaller than a robin. So in that mm-hmm. size range there. In other words, it's tiny. It's a small, stocky, and it's a diving bird without webbed feet. It mm. frequents this fast-flowing stream. You know, McDonald Creek is in a Great example of a place where you'll find a lot of dippers. Do they get mistaken for chickadees often? Or? No, because chickadees don't really go along the stream. And chickadees are uh, considerably smaller. I would say okay. a dipper's about double the size of a chickadee. All right. Yeah, but they're still a pretty small bird. And they feed along the bottom of the stream. It's uh, North America's only aquatic songbird. They actually sing. They have those mm. as they fly. You know, They make quite a lot of noise. The dipper has long legs. doesn't have web feet. doesn't use it like a duck swim with his feet or anything like that. It bobs its whole body up and down, and that's why they're called dippers. They're also <laughs> called water oozles. But during pauses, as it feeds on the bottom of fast-moving rocky streams, it will do this bobbing and dipping and kind of walk up and down the stream. It's really a, and fly up and down the stream. It's really an interesting bird. I've seen, they've been around me for so long because whenever I do bull trout stream counts or anything in the, in the creeks, I'd see these little birds around, the little dippers, and so they're kind of my buddies. And they go all the way from the mountainous regions of Central America and Western North America, from Panama to Alaska. So they're widespread all over the place. Down to Panama, you said. Yeah. That's a far... It's crazy. But, and the crazy thing is the ones that are up here don't migrate south. Huh. They stay up here. So they, that's some of the most, I guess, diverse habitat you could ever imagine for one yeah, bird. Yeah, like a whole continent. Yeah. Now, there's a <laughs> bunch of species. So our species here is a little different than the other ones. Mm-hmm. So they're not all the same. I can't remember how many species, but there's a lot of species. How far down the, the water do these little guys dip under? They will dip under and they will swim underwater. Oh, wow. And then they'll come up and they'll fly downstream and then they'll swim back upstream and they're looking for those bugs on the on the surface of the uh, the gravels that they find in the water. So they'll swim mm-hmm. underwater pretty well. It's pretty amazing, really, when you think of a bird like that swimming underwater. So it's very common in these rocky streams in our area, especially in wilderness or mountains, small streams like 
Like I said, they've always been a companion for me as I walk down streams counting bull trout nests. And do they eat some of those bull trout eggs? They must. They probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they're swimming around out of there. Why would they not, you know? So they might be a little bit of a predator on bull trout eggs. And uh, they've been my buddies, as I said, while I hike up and down streams, either counting bull trout reds or fly fishing, either one. They were John Muir's favorite bird, the great naturalist John Muir. And the way he put it, if it disturbed while dipping about in the margin shallows, the dipper either sets off with a rapid whir to some other feeding ground or up down the stream or alights on some half-submerged rock or snag out in the current and immediately begins to nod and curtsy like a wren, turning its head from side to side with many other odd dainty movements that never fail to fix the attention of the observer. So that <laughs> his quaint language is, I know just what he means. They're never still. They're always bobbing around, moving around. Their head moves, their wings move. They're always moving around. So the American Dipper was scientifically described by the English zoologist William John Swainson in 1827 and given this binomial name, Cinclus Mexicanus, you know, because they range yeah, so far. where does that Latin come from? Where's that I, Latin name? I, just because they range so far south, I guess, and he's trying to oh, I suppose. hit the middle. But the American Dipper is usually a permanent resident, and it is up here. They stay up here. They move slightly south or lower elevations if necessary to find food or unfrozen water if it gets cold and freezes up. But the presence of this indicator species, it's known as an indicator species, shows good water quality. The dipper defends a linear area along streams. So it's defending this area. And that's what all that squeaking is about, flying up and down from stream. From other birds. Yeah, from the, the males <laughs> defending that area. So, and of course, it's named after that, that dipping behavior, bobbing behavior. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here's a quiz for you. Why do dippers bob and weave why do they do it why do they dip and bob what's the advantage of it i mean i guess they're trying to trick the the whatever it is they're trying to prey on the bugs and things they're trying to what do you call it like a a feint where they're trying to make them think they're going one way and then they they get them the other way i hadn't thought of that but you're probably right (laughs) what else do you think i don't know maybe that's too clever for these birds (laughs) no not necessarily scientists give three reasons that's not among them but that sounds logical Hmm. uh one of the other i'll give you one of the other ones Dipping helps it sight prey beneath the surface of the water. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's dumping in, dumping out. It's and they can see, to see it under there. Yeah, and they can, they can see really well. And then, the, the, as we talked before, the flashy white eyelids dipping up and down is a sort of a visual communication mm-hmm. among the American dippers. And they're very noisy environment. Think how noisy it is. Well, that's the current and the waves and the little riffles. You know, it's quite noisy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and very, especially during breeding season, they use those, those white feathers around their eyes and the dipping to indicate that they're looking for a mate. So they are very efficient divers and they're able to withstand extremely cold water temperatures due to their thick feathers and relatively slow metabolisms. They like foraging, as I said, midge larvae, fish eggs, mayflies. You know, up in Stanton Creek, Stanton Creek comes out of Stanton Lake and my son and I have been up there in in about this time of year, like November or December. And they're Uh, still out there. Yeah, they're still out there. But when we, I remember I had him on my back. I was walking with hip boots on below. I'm a little weird. We go to weird places in the winter. And I had my little son on my back. He was probably four or five or six. And we found a dead dipper laying along the stream. And mm. I always wondered if it was too icy and it got stuck in the ice or why, why, why it mortality. Would that, what would the, the reason for that mortality? But they're still up there. I mean, they're still up there in December, January. Mm. They just move up and down the stream to prevent being frozen into the ice. Yeah, that's a good question. How long do these little guys tend to live for? Uh, good question. You know, I didn't find much on that, but several, you know, a couple of years is probably a... Yeah, that's typical for a small bird. Yeah, they, they don't live bird. very long. They don't have a long lifespan. I'd assume. But good question, yeah. 
So they're very efficient divers, and they're able to withstand those cold temperatures, as we said. They dive for search of food, and they're kind of this indicator species. So if you don't have a clean stream with, you know, the, the, the flowing water and not all silted in, you won't find dippers there. So they're a good mm-hmm. indicator species. So as I've never seen, I've spent so much time over the last 40 years along streams, and I've never seen a dipper nest that I know of. Do they nest? They do nest, and they nest off the ground and away from predators. They're, they're nesting not far from the stream. So their nest will be in a tree that's over, yeah. overlooking a, where they can just go straight down. Yeah, probably. And, and I don't know how close associated with the stream, but maybe pretty close. But I'm just amazed I've never seen one of their nests. And as we said, they are really good at extremely cold water temperatures. They have these thick feathers and a relatively slow metabolism, which, which allows them to take it when it's really cold. They're foraging for these aquatic insects uh, and so on. And so they feed on these aquatic insects and the insects' larvae, including dragonfly nymphs, small crayfish, and mayflies. And that's what they'd be feeding on down here at Redtail Riffle and Stillwater mm-hmm. because it's a little warmer. And then the mayflies, stoneflies, and caddis up higher, like in the Santon Creek I was telling you about. They might also take, at times, tiny fish or tadpoles to eat. And like I frog th- tadpoles. What's that? Like frogs. Yeah, frog yeah. Tadpoles. They're going to think about it. If you're a dipper and you're basically a predator, you're going to eat anything you can find <laughs> along that creek. And there's going to be all kinds of stuff along that creek that you can find to eat. Hmm. So I've watched them extensively in these small streams and even in McDonald Creek and Glacier. My remember one time my daughter and my wife and I sat about the around the bridge on the upper end of Lake McDonald there, and watched them go down, go under the water, swim down, eat insects, and fly back up come flying by us and do it again. So they're very solitary, and they're able to defend their nests as well as withstand low temperatures within those habitats. They don't have the webbed feet, but they swim with their wings, believe it or not, which is pretty interesting. Now, they're easily identified by their loud sounds, and they can be clearly heard above that noise of the rushing water. And they are very loud. They are very loud. And uh, again, the famous naturalist John Muir said that they were cheery and they delight. (laughs) <laughs> making them seem indomitable and more joyous than most other birds. And I have to admit, they had up and down the, you know, <laughs> it's like they're just doing it to get some energy out or just to celebrate life. So the majority of the American dipper population mates with one partner, although they can have more than one partner in a particular year if there's a mortality or something like that. And the female chooses the location, then they both will build the nest, but she incubates the four to five eggs. So dippers are equipped with this extra eyelid called a nicotating membrane that allows it to see underwater without getting water basically in their eyes. Mm, I was wondering about that, actually. And it has scales that close its nostrils when it's submerged, and they produce more oil than other birds, which may help them stay warmer while seeking food. So, And as I said, their song consists of a high whistle. Pure uh, is how the spell repeated a few times both sexes of this bird sing year-round. And I've often thought of the toughness of this bird diving underwater and swimming around to forage for those aquatic insects when they live in such a cold, cold world and just feel for those poor little guys. <laughs> but yeah, they, they seem have, to be surviving well. They must have some really good internal body temperature regulation yep. to be and, able to keep warm and, and all of that. Yeah, and they're also listed as a, a bird that's not in any trouble at all in their population. They're so, not endangered. No, not at all. So the next time you're walking along a rocky stream, keep your eyes open for this tough, grayish little bird. It might fly by, it might swim by. But it will definitely dip and bob like no other bird. That's all the time we have for this episode of the FBCC Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time.